the host of You Can Tell Me Anything, the podcast where comedians confess something that they've never told anyone before. And I'm very excited for my guest today. She's so funny. I've been trying to get her on forever. And here she is, Julia Rozzi. Hello. How are you? I just saw you on a show last night. You were wonderful. Oh, thanks. It was all about compliments. Yeah, it was. It's the opposite of a roast battle. It's called Boast Battle. Boast, but yeah. I'm Kyle Ayers. Great show. Created it. And now you're here talking about confessions. It's just, we continue with the C theme. It's going to yeah. be, yeah, going to be a lot of fun. Um, it's so funny how few confessions I have because I'm so open. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about because you're a very open book and you have a podcast uh, with with your significant other yes. about couples yep, uh, called Hopefully don't, don't Break Up. Yep. And that's also very, uh, it's a great podcast. You guys should listen to it if you haven't. But it's also about like being honest and like open and there's a lot of sort of like both sides talking about things that I love when people on the podcast discover things that they didn't know. Like they're like, yeah. oh, that's how that's how you remember things? Like Yeah, yeah. It's, it's always fun. It's been really helpful for our own relationship. I mean, that's mm-hmm. part of why we like doing it. Like it's been really cool to kind of compare and contrast notes on how to be in a relationship with other couples. So yeah. Yeah. Well so you so you are very open. Do you go to therapy? Um, I did for many years, but since I moved to LA, no. But when I do go back to New York, I do go and see my energy healer therapist. <laughs> Whoa. T- okay. Rewind. <laughs> Tell me about that. What is that? So I went to regular talk therapy for, gosh, I don't even know, seven years? A long, a good, a good uh-huh. amount of time. Um, and then, um, I kind of hit a point, well, she also moved, but then I also hit a point where I... Felt like I was just talking about the same thing over and over again. And, like, mm-hmm. I know, like, I feel this way because of this and this, you know. And But I feel like that – and maybe people can relate to this or not. But there's also just, like, mental habits that, like, live in your body. Sure. Just, like, things – like, you've, I've always been blank. I've always complained. I've always like, – mm-hmm. whatever it is, right? And it's, like, you can talk the shit out of it, but it just – I don't know. Do it, yeah. And so it's really cool with her. Is like you talk for like maybe thirty minutes or something, and she'll kind of rewind you and be like, "Wait, that was really interesting what you said about the grocery store." And then like, like it's like a podcast. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll like (laughs) dig. Like she'll like have you like meditate on it and dig into it. And then she does body work, and I, I, it's sort of like Reiki. It's like moving energy through you. Um, Does it feel like anything? Yeah, I mean it. Uh, it's very like in I don't know like have you ever done Kundalini yoga? No, like I, it's, my I don't really do yoga. I think that might change. I I've noticed that because I, I used to dance and so I stretched and did other active things. But now that I don't do any of it, I'm like maybe I should do yoga. But I've never liked yoga. Well, the the Kundalini yoga is like very meditative. So I I guess the way I can describe. What, it the sounds sessions? dirty. No, it's not. <laughs> but the sessions with her get very uh, – I, when I leave, I feel like I just meditated for an hour. Oh, that's nice. So it's really – I don't know. There's like like weight lifted off you. That's how I feel when I do laundry. It's like <laughs> it's meditative because I'm like – when I have a full laundry basket, I'm like I feel so heavy, dirty. And then I do it and it's just like an hour, maybe like an hour and a half. And then uh, listen to music. And when it's done, I'm like, I'm free. It's like mm-hmm. a weight has been lifted. 
Hey, whatever works. Yeah. So if you guys, you know, it's like what two dollars, maybe four dollars <laughs> if you got heavy load. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you can you can meditate for four dollars. Yeah. And, and get clean clothes. So. Yeah. Good tip. Heavy load cosmically. Right. Yeah. yeah it's very <laughs> – love the symbolism. Yeah. I haven't gotten into Jungian um, therapy, but I have a couple friends recently recommended it to me, like Carl Jung oh. symbolism. Apparently, it's very good for artists because uh, therapists that specialize – or I guess psych- psychologists that specialize in Jung theory really look at like dreams and symbology and metaphors and – Okay. So I'm like, I feel like I would like that because I love that kind of stuff. Well, this week is uh, Mercury goes into retrograde, but then we also have the lunar eclipse. Oh, no. And I don't want to hear that. And no, like the com- No, it's actually really good. Oh, it it's good? like all about um, like we've been in masculine energy for a really long time. Okay. It's, and it's the, the universe wants to shift more feminine. Oh, that's great. But there's resistance to it. So it's all about like purging stuff that it's all about unloading. And oh. purging what doesn't serve you anymore. Oh, that's nice. So I like that. if you've, cr- I don't know when this is coming out, but if you've been crying a lot lately or questioning life, totally cool. All the time. Yeah, I'm like, I don't need anything cosmic to happen to make me cry. I've <laughs> stopped wanting to hear what because Mercury goes in retrograde a lot. Like it hap- it's a, it's a cycle. It happens all the time. Yeah. But it's become such a big thing where people are like Mercury's in retrograde, and I, you know, whatever. If I know it's happening, I'll be like more careful. But. Uh, I'm also of the superstitious mind where if I know something's happening, it affects my emotions sometimes. Yeah. So sometimes I'm like, I don't want to hear if something bad is going to happen. I don't know if it means something bad's going to happen. It's just, I don't know. I just was reading about this before I came here. So I'm like on a tear, but it's like, you know, if you think about it, the tide is, so the tide is controlled by, uh, the moon, like mm-hmm. moon controls water. And if your body is made of mostly water, right. you can't, it's like... It's going to affect you. Yeah. But the Mercury thing, it's supposed to just be a bad... T- like, I've worked with directors who have been like, I don't want to set shoot dates when Mercury's in retrograde. Really? Yeah. But I've all, I'm also like, well, you're probably not working that much if you, <laughs> if you have that liberty. Um, but, <laughs> well, I guess if there's something really important to you and it's like off by a week, you probably pick the day that's not. But that's why I don't want to look at it too much because I'm like, I don't want to start planning my schedule around it. Yeah. But like, just hearing that now, I'm like, okay, maybe... When is it over... Uh, I get more, yeah, the Mercury retrograde stuff, eh, I don't really, that that's not, but the the moon, like the moon solar eclipse, you. lunar eclipse, like that stuff, I I got my period this morning, so I'm like extra. Congratulations. Like, thank you. So, and it's called a blood moon, so I'm like, oh, yeah, whoa. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll get double your power. That's my confession. I get my period. You get your period. <laughs> yeah. What? Um, I like to start every... Uh, kind of, I know we've already started, but like to get to know you more, mm-hmm. um, I start every episode by asking my guests for a good confession, okay. which is something that you're proud of. Because not all confessions are bad. A lot of people think they're like scandalous. But do you have something good you want to confess? Um, yeah. I, so I just got a. I just adopted a dog <gasps> four and a half months ago. Oh no, I've seen. And pictures. I, I didn't know I was capable. I, I think I'm a pretty loving person. <laughs> I didn't know I was capable of this, like care. I, I understand why yeah. people then, like, after they have a dog, they're like, maybe I do want a baby. Like, it's, I'm – Oh, yeah. It's ma- – it's, yeah, it's making me feel that sort of – I know it's very different. It's a lot of work, but it's very rewarding. Also, it's weird when you're – you realize, like, oh, this living thing depends only on me. Yeah, and I think about her so much. Aww. I mean, it's disgusting. When I first got my dog <laughs> – I got mine last June, and uh, he's uh, – I would just – 
constantly want to text him because I'd be like, yes. I'm almost home. I wish dogs I'm could text. I and say that like, all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, out, like, you're a new dog mom. So it's a lot of, I'm sure you think about him when you're out of the house. Yeah. Like, when can I get back next? I need a letter. Yep. Or her. It's a her. It's a her. What's her name? Mrs. Roper. Aw. Did you watch Three's Company growing up? And no, I did not. Oh, okay. Mrs. Roper was, a little was after, uh, before my time, but uh, the landlord, the okay. landlord's wife. That's a cute name. I yeah. loved adding Mrs. and Mister to dog Alex, names. Yeah. <laughs> my dog's name is Wushu, but his Instagram is Mister Wushu. Nice. But people cool. still think it's a girl. He's kind of very feminine. He like pees sitting down, and uh, nice. And just people, he's very feminine energy. He submits, he submits to every dog that comes up to him. Really? Yeah. Mrs. Roper growls. And barks at every dog that comes up to her because she's tiny and bitchy. Aww. And then she pees doing a handstand. Whoa. Wait. Yeah. How's that work? She like, like circles it. spray in the air? No, she just she doesn't want to get it on her legs. Huh. She's a clean little lady. Does it trickle like a fountain? No, it's I mean she's so Wait, tiny. So her it's, butt's in the air. So she like kind of gets on her front legs and just lifts her legs in oh the air. My God. It's it's insane. That's so funny. Yeah, she's the best thing in the That's world. That's adorable. Yeah. Um, okay, well, sometimes we play a game, but today I actually want to do something different because we got a few confessions. So this week, um, I, I have a phone line, which you guys can call, um, and I usually say it at the beginning of the podcast, so you, you can rewind it and listen to it again. <laughs> and uh, I somehow we got a bunch this week, so I'm not going to do them all, but let's see. So you, if you guys want to email a written confession to you can do it to it's tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com. So I'm going to give you a choice for two, and then I'll, I'll read one of them. Do you want to hear the one about uh, ADHD or the one that says, my confession being hot isn't enough? I think the second one. second one. Yeah, okay. okay. It's a little long. I might skip parts of it. but All right. This is called being hot isn't enough. Uh, here it goes. So my good confession, I'm – so there's two parts to this very long email. My good conf- confession, I'm a secret baker for my office. About once or twice a month, I bring in cookies, cupcakes, bread, brownies, etc. I love making food, and when I get the creative itch, I'll make something. To keep me from eating too much, I bring it into my office, and when no one is looking, set it out near the kitchen area. I've heard people talking about the things I brought in, but I've never admitted it's me making them. It's not out of shame. I'm not a professional, but I'm an incredible amateur. I've supplied two weddings, and people earnestly asked me if I would consider opening a store. For some reason, I just keep it a secret in my professional life. There's only two people in my building that know, and they're not on my floor. That's cute. That's so like, cute. Yeah. Also, yeah. But also maybe a health hazard. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like in the op- – I one of my uh, – sometimes I get on my own nerves because if I were that, I'd be like, do you like the cookie? I made it. Like I like, yeah. need to get the credit. <laughs> right. Yeah. I want – yeah, I'm the same way. Well, I just get nervous if people don't like it. So I, I, I'll bring it up that I did something mostly because I'm like, please don't talk shit about it in front of me because <laughs> my feelings will be hurt. <laughs> But yeah, I guess things have changed so much. I my instant reaction whenever there's like food or anything that could get people sick, I'm like, it could be bad. Like, <laughs> we can't do that anymore. Like, you can't bring cakes to school. I think anymore. Really? Can you? Maybe I don't not. Know. I used when, to bring Twinkies as a kid. Yeah, when I was a kid, on birthdays, your mom could just bring cake. But now it's like everyone has allergies. I mean, yeah. I think people always had allergies. But now yeah. we're being inclusive, which yeah. is good. Yeah. But also <laughs> less cake for everybody. Anyways, okay, here's a longer one. Uh, it's more serious. He says, listening to your confession in your most recent episode with Cody Johnson made me want to write this. I just related to your desire to be indescribably, unabashedly, almost fictionally hot. I said I wanted to be really hot. 
<laughs> the only difference is that I don't want to stop there. I want to be amazingly attractive. Hot is great. I also want to be really hot. Okay, that's the same thing. Hot just opens up so many options. I remember reading an article about a guy who set up fake Tinder profile with a male model as his profile picture, then proceeded to send sexually charged messages to women. Don't do that. Surprise, <laughs> a lot of them res- responded favorably. My reaction that I'm sure many people have had was, duh. Do we think that hot guys have any trouble with meeting women on a purely physical basis? Uh, were we all shocked that the hackneyed, tired bit of hot women receiving anything they want was only a partial truth? That the real truth was that all hot people have certain parts of life easier than others? Who wouldn't want to be hot? Okay, I'm going to skip a little to... Here we go. Uh, okay, so he talked... Oh, it was long. I'm going to skip. Sorry, I'm skipping some of your email, dude. He said, okay, I recently increased my number of workouts per week from six to eight. I've been using my Google Calendar to schedule sessions of writing and art exercises for myself where I force myself to sit down and either write a passage of a book that I'll never finish or do some kind of art project. I recently painted a mural on my wall and then wrote a how-to piece on it just for the practice. I've read books on charisma, persuasion, and humor. I even read a pickup artist book. It's mostly garbage, just like you'd expect. Okay. Uh, For a while, a company I worked for offered French classes, and I not only attended, I obsessively did my homework and tried to encourage other people to speak French with me. Basically, he's saying that he wants to be hot, but also, uh, like, well-rounded. He said, it's not as if I haven't enjoyed doing some of these things, but a lot of the things that I do are in pursuit of an unrealistic goal of turning myself into some fictionalized ideal of a person. A few months ago, I was still reeling from a breakup. I started spending more time with a friend, a mutual friend between my ex and me. We talked about everything. We texted at least once a day. I always found her attractive, but I pushed the idea of dating her out of my mind. She knew I had some feelings for her, but she never expressed any romantic interest towards me. She maintained neutrality between my ex and me, so the idea was out of the question. Uh, I'm going to skip down. So, so I'm paraphrasing this very long paragraph, which is that he was there for her, and she talks about the guys she dates to him. So she's not interested. But then she uh, – okay, here we go. So he's realized he has a – admit his feelings to her he said uh, my feelings pre- for her precluded me from being a good friend unfortunately I thought it would be best if we didn't talk anymore I thought she'd understand and honestly wouldn't care that much I was zero for two at this point she was furious she made me spell out exactly why I liked her cite points in our friendship where those feelings had occurred and wanted to know what drove them she parsed through every detail hoping she could find some inconsistency that would allow her to logically prove that my feelings were non-existence and things could go back to the way they were like when they were friends. When that didn't work, she pleaded that she had grown to think of me as her closest friend. She didn't want to lose me. The whole thing ended bitterly, but probably the best it could have. She was angry because she lost a friend. I was angry too. Okay, so... Oh, God, this is so long. I gotta skip. My confession isn't just that I want to be attractive. It's that I want to be attractive for the wrong reasons. It's the same reason people want to be rich and famous. We want to bypass the difficulties in life. We want to be in a position where society grants us special privileges and we just don't have to deal with car payments or not being able to get into any club we want or not being good enough for the girl that we like. It no longer takes up space in our brain or effort in our lives. Um, I, w- I think we feel like just this once we want to be f- we want a freebie. Um, so here's, he says, being rejected in my life and later realizing that it was for the best gave me the wisdom to tell my friend not to worry about a guy who ignores you. He's not right for you and it has nothing to do with you. Sometimes people just don't work out. But here I am in the cycle again, trying to get my body fat percentage down to 15% and reading about rafting the Nile. I'm stuck wondering if I'll ever be good enough. Mm. So I paraphrase a lot of that and definitely skipped a lot of that. But, um, the basic point of his email is he's, I think is. God, there's a lot of things about this that to unpack because I 
some of the things I'm like, I don't know. Like, I feel like you still have a lot of growth to grow. Like, you have a lot of room to grow because you're spending all your time blaming not your hotness for not get for having a girl uh, not want to be out of the friend zone. Like, I think you're misreading the situation a little bit. But also, there is a lot of relatable stuff in here. I think a lot of times we think if we just change parts of ourselves and uh, make ourselves better that like everything will be solved. Oh yeah, the if onlys. Yeah, if I the like if just only. become smarter and hotter yep. and everything, then I don't have to think about anything, which I don't, yeah, I mean, God, that's, I mean, it's relatable, but also this girl, the girl in this situation, I also don't think is totally right because she clearly know. he told her how he felt about her, that he wanted to be more than friends. And then she's like, well, I don't believe you. Can't we just be friends? Which I also feel like is like yeah, it shouldn't be manipulative. That That's manipulative. Mm-hmm. That's like knowing that he wants more and then trying to like scale it back so you can have what you want. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think this is, I mean, this is the age old question. Like the men and women being friends, it's like totally possible, but you have to be honest. And this guy, I think, I think he thinks that if he's a hot enough and a good enough friend, like she'll change her mind. But I think. The truth is, he's not being honest with himself. I've I've dated some people that I guess were hot, and uh-huh. it didn't matter. It doesn't matter, it right? It doesn't matter if you don't have the chemistry and, yeah. you know, and then I've been attracted to people that were, you know, not what I thought. I mean, I also, super hot people, like, I can't even, I don't <laughs> even understand. Yeah. I got to tell you, and also everyone is flawed, because, like, being the hottest person is not gonna fix her like my favorite thing is when I go to the gym and there's like the hottest like what looks like the hottest person in the gym and then they go in the locker room and they have like back knee and I'm like yeah yeah god is fair (laughs) you know like that is so but have you ever would you be more willing to give a hot guy a chance like like even if you didn't feel the chemistry would you be like I don't know sure because you're hot like I don't think I would but I I think men think that women would like men I don't think that that I I don't think I can give a general statement on that because I go so much on vibes. Yeah, that's the thing. You can be – like I have a lot of attractive friends who have been like – I wouldn't date because – I mean maybe one day if a spark flies. But like it's – you don't just look at people and think you're hot. We must date. Like Yeah, I mean everyone like male or female even just as like friends that I want in my life. I mean I think people – are attractive because of their personality. I mean, I know mm-hmm. it sounds like a cliche, but there's a reason why it's a cliche. Like, it really, if you're a fucking horrible person, yeah, you're not attractive. That's true. You know? Also, if you're... Like, I, I think- used to think Trump was hot. No, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I never even say his name. We can edit that. We can bleep that name out. I literally don't even like having his name come out of my mouth. Anywho. I think George W. Bush, uh, when he was young, was attractive, right? I That's like most he of the a presidents lot of That's were, probably true. He oh, got a build up. Oh, yeah. He was hot. But see, he still was good looking. As see, a Obama is like a good looking man, yeah. but then him as president made me think he was even hotter. Yeah, he was like sexy in the White House, but they're like old president. Like Biden was a hot young mm. guy, but like as an old person, he was, he was like like charming, but he looked like an old person. It wasn't like, ooh, look at the hottie. Yeah. But he has a nice smile. Maybe it's a smile. Yeah. Also, everyone can be like, I don't know, <laughs> today someone posted like photos from a comedy show, not the one you came to last night, a different one. And most, sometimes comedy show photos, I mean, the angles, <laughs> the facial expressions. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, even photos can make, like, I can see a photo of myself and be like, 
oh my God, I, am I a model? Huh? And then I'll see like another photo of myself, like the ones I saw this morning. And I'm like, how does anyone even look me in the face? Like it's, do you know what I mean? Like your, yes. your perception of what yeah. is attractive can flip so quick. Well, yeah, because we're not like pick photographs. We yeah. like change all the time. Yeah, I used to think like when people, you know, people are like, oh, like uh, rank, rank people from one to 10. Like when oh. I used to, th- I used to be a lot more insecure. So I'd think about it and I'd be like, on like a bad day, I could be like, like, like if I'm like, I feel really bad, I'd be like under five. But I'm like, if I really try really hard and like, you know, like lamb up and put on the heels and then make them like, I think I could hit like an eight. But it's like, well, that spread is so big. That, yeah. Like, I feel gross even saying that. But I just mean like the idea is like all of us have like, a spread like nobody is actually one number no and also two different people you're different things but just in a generic sense like everybody is capable of being ugly and everybody is capable <laughs> of being hot like i would just say this guy if he wants to work out or learn french or whatever it is because it brings him joy mm-hmm. cool but if it's because he thinks it's going to magically make him into a new person, he's always going to be who he is. I think so, yes. So, and you know. And it comes back to how you value yourself. But I, I do, like, I don't want to, like, sh- shit on it because I relate to the feeling and I think it's very relatable. Oh, yeah, I'm not relatable. at all. But I also think uh, he's a couple steps behind um, in intention of – because I think doing all those things is great. And But I also, like, when you meet a guy like that who's like, well – I speak this like oh it's like the classic example of like guy who learned Chinese so he thinks he can have a Chinese wife like a lot of <laughs> these men <laughs> I meet them a lot believe it or not um, and they will start speaking in Chinese to me and I mean I, my Chinese is fine but I'm not even that fluent and it's like I'm like what do you want from me like, <laughs> but it's the sense of like I've done the things I've prepared so now yeah. you must be my Chinese wife and it's just like they're, okay just be a person just mm-hmm. and then people will talk to you I empathize with him. Best of luck to you. <laughs> yeah. Was well, there anything you want to tell? I sometimes snoop. Oh, okay. And like, uh, we gotta get a little more details specific. in that. So it's about in relationships or just on? No, pe- well, I mean, I, I definitely you- there. There was one boyfriend I snooped on all the time, but he was lying, so that was like a whole other thing. Well, let's talk about that. That sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah, that was one. But I mean, like, I've had. You know, I've oh – God, this is terrible because if any uh, – you know, if like a friend – if I was staying at a friend's house and they had mm-hmm. like a notebook open, uh-huh. I just glance. I won't like turn the page, but be, – or, you know, like what pills are in someone's medicine cabinet. Yeah. But it's not coming from a place of judging them. It's coming from a place of like – oh my God, thank God they're fucked up too. Like a curiosity. It's like I want to know that I'm not the only one that's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) So to know that like, oh, I didn't know my friend also wrote poems. Like, yes, I'm not alone in writing poems about my Like, Have you found things like that? Um, a little bit. I mean, again, I'm not like digging through people's drawers. God, people are never going to let me stay at their house. (laughs) But no, this is probably something that is more common. Uh, When I was in middle school, no, high school, I accidentally left my uh, purse at cheer practice. And then one of my uh, like team members took it home. And then when I went to pick it up, her mom and her sister and her were all sitting around the table like, we went through it. And they were like kind of laughing about it. And I was like, haha, okay. I mean, they were like, she was kind of like a mean girl. But I was like, but like, what? Why? But then I was like, I guess it's a thing people do. But I was so like, oh, people are going to. In my mind, that was a moment I realized like, oh, if I ever leave something 
behind some people are gonna go through it like that's just I guess the thing oh yeah I mean <laughs> I I haven't gone through like someone's bag or anything like the last time I think I peeked at like a notebook I mean it's been probably five ten years like the last time I can really remember doing it mm-hmm. and it's been interesting because there are moments where like like if we have a house guest and like their thing is like I'll I'll get that kind of the rush <laughs> a little bit. I think it did die down though after this relationship I had because it became pretty much the majority of my day was like me detective working him. Oh, well, I was also oh, okay. raised by Italian immigrant parents who have taught me like everyone's out to get you. Yeah, I'm curious where did it come from? Like, did you have? Can you remember like an incident where you realized like oh I can't trust people or just always ingrained as a philosophy not to trust people. I mean, the weird thing is is I think I do trust people maybe a little too easily or I give people the benefit of the doubt very easily. So I think it sometimes comes from a place, like I said, of like wanting to kind of – I like knowing people's flaws. It's really not up to me to yeah. search them out. They should have the the openness to share when they want to. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't snoop the way I used to. But I definitely think – like, I think about it a lot. Um, and, like, my boyfriend – like, he has his phone connected to his iPad. Uh-huh. And we're very – like, when we first started dating, I did go through his phone and then I admitted it to him because I was like, hey, I just got out of this relationship that was like this. Uh-huh. I'm really paranoid. And he was like, oh, my phone's always unlocked. You can always look through it. And just saying that, I was like, oh, I never want to. Like, right, you're I like, trust oh, you now. There's yeah. nothing cool there. But it is funny because his phone is connected to the iPad, his iPad. So sometimes he'll leave the iPad out and, like, all these texts will come out. And I'm like – You want to look? <laughs> well, no, no. They're they're on the iPad. Like, oh, I don't okay. even have to look. Yeah. They're, like, just popping up. And I'm like, they're so – they're like, hey, man. Like, they're, like, not even anything <laughs> juicy. So I'm like, oh, this is – Thank God I'm in this. But um, no, the relationship I was in, uh, it was a lot of uh, – he was just really dishonest and, like, doing shady things online and not cheating but just, I don't know, various – Lying. I just feel like lying is almost worse than cheating because then you can't trust anything. Yeah. I mean, they're was, kind of the same. Cheating is lying but, like, lying about something small it makes you even wonder if anything they say is real. Well, and it was a real dysfunctional combination because I already had my sort of, like, oh, I just kind of stumbled upon – like, I already, like – I was a little snoopy to begin with. Uh-huh. And so it became, like, a thing of, like, well, you don't give me any privacy – but then I was like, but you don't – you have to earn – you don't get privacy because you're lying to me all the time. Yeah. So it was like this really fucked up thing where like we were both enabling – What kind of stuff did you find? Did you find incriminating texts? Um, yeah, yeah, like inappropriate behavior with other people, mm. lying about accomplishments, <laughs> lying about like where he was. Like, it was never, like, I'm fucking this other person. Yeah. But just, like, kind of just weird. And it was all – it was really heartbreaking because it was all coming from a place of um, insecurity. Did you ever act, like, respond or contact anybody oh. he was oh, yeah. talking to? Oh, you did. Well, there was <laughs> – this is uh, – oh, I did talk about this on stage, but I didn't get into detail about it. There was a situation in which – you know what? I almost don't even want to go into it because one of the things is I wanted to stop talking about this person because oh, I feel okay. like it's negative. But sure, we well, can move on. It was uh, well, the snooping thing in general is interesting because I think it and it sounds what like a you great do thing it. on a podcast, by the way, to be like, I don't feel like talking about this anymore. About confessions. Well, I don't yeah. ever want anyone to talk about anything they're not comfortable with. But I think there's a lot more to unpack about the idea of snooping, especially if 
lately it's died down because it it always things like that always stem from something like yeah if it's an insecurity or a need to connect like it, it started as a positive way uh, way for you to feel like you understand somebody's flaws there's something there about like needing to connect to somebody yeah so that you can treat them as an equal as opposed to like putting them on a pedestal yeah oh definitely and also knowing I don't know I definitely am a person and these are all things that are less and less as I get older but like I'm definitely a person that at times would constantly be like, am I normal? <laughs> like any like thought I had, action, is anyone else doing? Like it was a lot of like I wanted to make sure that I was normal. So you must have a lot of weird habits. So the, I, the secret is that you have a lot of weird habits. I don't know that I have a lot of like actual physical habits, but I think that my – I think I I think a lot. Do you keep a diary or journal, I guess? We're supposed to call them as adults. Sure. I know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it just I just o- switches to journal, and, but it's the same thing. It's just yeah, a diary. I always did as a kid and a teenager and in college, and then it, and then a little bit in my like early 20s, and it kind of faded out, and then I just recently started again. I wonder if some of that has to do with social media because I'm curious if kids these days actually like old-fashioned journals. So many of them vlog or uh, constantly you know, post videos and live streams. That's kind of like a journal. Yeah, I started journaling again because of social media because mm-hmm. I felt like not just social media, but you know, I I noticed that I was like, okay, I was typing set lists on my phone, which I've mm-hmm. also stopped doing. Tried to stop doing. I would, you know, have a th- a funny thought or whatever, and then it becomes a tweet, and then I would like email myself notes of idea. Like everything I was doing was typing. Yeah, and. I really love writing, but I'm learning more and more. I I love writing. I don't love screens. Yeah. And it's such a mind fuck because you you obviously have to like type your script or type Mm -hmm. your book or whatever it is, right? But so I'm like, well, let me reduce screens as much as I can where it's not necessary because I can handwrite a set list. I can handwrite Mm -hmm. ideas or whatever and try to only keep screens for work. Yeah. Um, because it was making me not get the stuff done that actually needs to get done. So I've been like handwriting a lot and then in more, handwriting more ideas and stuff, then it started turning back into like journaling a little bit. It feels like getting in touch with a different side because I actually can relate to that feeling of like I type, I started typing even almost journaly notes on my phone, but it felt so fragmented. And when I used to keep a journal, everything was there. Like I could go back and see what I did two years ago. Yes. And it, there was a, sort of a through line with my feelings and thoughts. And I could kind of track like, oh, that that was a period of time I learned. Yeah, it's like a like story. Like this lesson, yeah. But now, recently, in like last year, I, I started feeling like really fragmented just even like mentally because with jokes, like you curate, you know, a specific side of you. Like it has to be funny, obviously. Even though I put real emotions into my set, it's always through like the vision of like, I mean, the goal of being funny. Yeah. So there's this like other side of me that's just like a true like how do I feel, which sounds so dumb as a comedian to it's be like not genuine. Dumb. See that, but we need to be in touch with that. I think it's important to like just understand like yeah, just raw thoughts of like I like I feel sad. Why or whatever. Yeah, maybe a bigger confession because I'm like thinking about the snooping thing now as I'm backtracking. I'm like because I'm like well it's not that. It's more like the desire to snoop. So like what's – like who cares? Of wanting to know a deeper part of people. What do well, they call it? Is it the it, the ego? I, I guess – I, I think what a bigger it. confession is is um, 
like I'm a comedian, but like I don't always want to be funny. Mm-hmm. And it's something that's been like really I've been noticing lately of like it is a weird thing because you you're if you're a comedian, you're supposed to be funny. And I do think naturally, even when I'm mad or upset, I tend to like make fun of myself or the situation just because it's also how my family copes and I think it's mm-hmm. a beautiful thing. But there is it it's funny because as I've been journaling, I started looking back at some of my old journals and I used to write so much poetry yeah. and like really like just, I love sort of spirit, I love spiritual books and like all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And I would, for a while I thought I'd be like a self-help guru. Like I love that kind of world. And then there's sort of that little voice that I think because I've been in comedy for so long, there's that little voice that's like, oh, you fucking lame you gotta do a poem <laughs> like that and it it is a, a conflict sometimes i think yeah. within me we're like i mean and i'm sure most comedians can feel this way because no one's funny 24 7 you're still a human being but i definitely like every now and then i'm like oh maybe i want to write like a drama script yeah. like maybe i want to you know like not just put myself in one box of it well, I think it's – well, you hit it well when you're talking about coping because I think for a lot of comedians, their humor is uh, early on developed f- as a way to cope. And so it comes from a place where you're like, I have these feelings and I have these mm-hmm. serious experiences or trauma. And so I, you know, I'm going to cope with humor. But the experiences are still there and the feelings are still there. So you can be – you know, there's a duality to it. Um but yeah, it's a, it's a decision of what part you want to show the world. So I think it, for a long time doing comedy for me was like I've decided to like the filter is going to be comedy. That's how I'm going to share this story with people. Yeah. But then after a while, it is like, okay, maybe I – like you're talking about drama. It's like you can share the story through a different medium too. And it, yeah. it doesn't change that you're still a comedian. It's just like musicians have sophomore albums that are different yeah. genres or whatever. Taylor Swift used to be country and now she's pop. Yeah. I mean, my stuff, my everything I've always put out there, I think, has always had like a bit of a combo. Because mm-hmm. uh, it's like I tell a lot of stories and I'm really open. And I don't know, it's, it comes from a – like comedy for me, same with the occasional snooping – it all comes from a, a desire to connect mm-hmm. and relate and be like, we're all so much more the same than different. And that's been, and that's also why I've been trying to reduce, I feel like I've talked about reducing screen time in every fucking podcast, <laughs> but it, I've just been, you know, I think everyone's reacting to the state of the world differently. And I know for me, I'm just like, all right, I don't think my purpose in all of this is to yell at people online. Sure. I don't, I don't. I don't have a lot of – I don't have some of the facts to – like, I really go on my gut yeah. and, like, what feels good. And so I would – personally, what my desire is is to, like, sh- try and show people that we're all way more similar than not, it, to, no matter what your experience is. Like, right. And I feel like, unfortunately, right now – I don't know. There's, it's always been this way, but I think there's almost like a little bit of competition into who has the shittier situation. Oh, sure. Well, there's a lot of like, like complaining online for sure. Yeah, and Getting I, I mean, sympathy. It's been there. Look, like back in the day when like you would watch like E True Hollywood Woe stories. Me. Yeah. yeah, they'd make it real traumatic, and and it's like I don't know. It's just everyone's dealing with shit. Yeah, and if we all just we're like more vulnerable about it and we're like yeah like I sometimes I want a body build because I want to be hot because there's yeah. an emptiness inside I sometimes have looked 
at someone's notebook because I'm like, do they also right. cry as often as I do? Like, Well, how do you feel about people snooping for you? Is it something? Because when you were saying that, I was thinking about it. I, I'm almost the opposite where I don't like to snoop because I know that I would like it and yeah. I'm scared. More than anything, I'm scared of people not trusting me. Yep. So I almost like, even when I'm not being watched, like I'm like, I must be on my best behavior. But on the flip side, I like have always kind of lived my life as if someone's watching me, which is so creepy. Uh, yeah. But I'm always like, all right, these secret journals and like maybe someone will find it and yeah. know how I truly feel. And I, in a way, I like kind of like want people to snoop through my shit. I mean, like not really, please don't. But like yeah. kind of like I'm like, please, someone... You know what it is? It's not wanting someone to snoop, but it's wanting someone to see who I am and fully understand it and yes. like it. Yeah. Like, I want that. But I'm also like, but they might, probably won't like it. So I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I definitely, when I was younger, sort of was like, oh, hopefully, especially like in, you know, middle school, high school, it was like, if only they all read my journal and saw how deep I am. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, I think I had it more then. Now, I mean... Not really, but I also don't think that there's anything – I sort of have this – I don't really have anything to hide. Like, I, I don't want anyone to go through my stuff. And again, I just – I'm like, I really need to make it clear. <laughs> I'm not going to people's houses and going through their things. I'm just saying I get – I feel comfort when someone, like – can you give me a specific of something like, – like, without naming names, like something you found that comforted okay, you? Okay, like, like if um, – I get – I get really excited when someone leaves an ATM receipt in the ATM, and I, and I don't want anyone's balance to be low, <laughs> but it's a little comforting sometimes if our balances are similar. <laughs> but these are strangers. I want to yeah, hear about like someone, a, a friend, without naming them. Can you get – like when you were like, uh, is, is there some time when you found something that made you feel connected to someone? Yeah, like staying, like, uh, staying at someone's house. I remember it was probably like, I don't know six seven years ago and they left their like antidepressants on the counter and I had no idea that they and then I I mean I could ask them about you know what I mean but it was just I was like oh cool like I'm not happy that they're depressed right but you're like oh this is why we get along yeah like there's like a or um trying to think of another have you ever found something where you were like oh no or like shocked by or scandalous a friend one time, like, their notebook was out, right? It was, like, a long time ago. And they had, like, a bunch of doodles on the side. Uh-huh. And to me, I was like, oh, cool. Like, that doesn't sound very scandalous at all. Like, I know it probably sounded like I was finding things that were, like, when I... Well, it feels intimate, right? I think that's the interesting thing is we um, we think of ourselves as really put together to the world. And we think if a seam comes undone, like, everyone's going to hate yeah. us. But the truth is, like, we're all kind of, like, messed up. So... When you see someone else messed up, you, I mean, it probably made you like them more and think they're cooler. Yeah. They probably thought, how embarrassing. I hope nobody sees my weird little doodle. But yeah. But it made you like them more. So the truth is, like, all of our doodles probably would make people like us more. But we're so scared of people finding them out. But it is – but then I also think that I am a person who sometimes uh, – I forget that not everyone needs to know everything. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely – will sometimes be like, oh, maybe it's weird because for such an oversharer, I think I've done a pretty good job not oversharing too much online because to me, oversharing online feels disconnected. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to overshare, it's usually like 
at a party where someone's like, hey, man, I'm just trying to have fun. And I'm like, no, you will listen to this well, story. Well, online yeah. is like giving without receiving. It's like, hey, guys, catch, and then running away. Because you're like, I don't care what, how you react. I'm just Oh, yeah. Run. And then there's the risk that no one will react. And uh-huh. that feels so – I mean, I, I share, but not – I try to be really, like, uh, conscious of how, how – like, how and what – um, How do you feel about this? Um, my friend, I won't say her name, but she and she doesn't do this anymore. But she used to snoop a lot, like in relationships, and but she also dated guys who were like lying. But she would go through his like jeans pocket and drawers, and she found a receipt for a weekend. He said he was out of town, and he was like in town and took some girl to dinner, and so she confronted the girl about it. Front so, of the girl, not him. Uh, it's probably also him, but she like did confront her, the girl. They actually ended up becoming friends. It was like, she's very, very aggressive. Uh, but in my mind, I'm like, don't ever snoop if you have reason to suspect they're lying. They're probably not the right person. But also in that case, I'm like, well, she found something. But that seems like a case of to me snooping and stumbling upon like things is really different. Do you know what I mean? Like. A friend leave or like a She's person. Like, oh, I see. You're you like, know what I mean? Like someone leaving, you know, their phone open, right? Like completely innocently, and you walk by it and you see that it says like, I don't know. Um, so you're not going through though? No, I'm not going through. So you through. just look. You're I'm not saying scrolling if, through the no, phone. No, I would never. I would not really? scroll through hmm. a phone. I used to do that to my an ex of mine. I wouldn't call that snooping if it just pops up. Like one time I was. In a car with a guy, I was da- when I was like the end of a relationship. But then I saw a text that popped up, and it was like from a friend that was like, "You should go on a date with her." And I'm like, "Okay, well, it's not me, and it's something else." And then I was like, oh. "But I saw it, but I also didn't say anything." But I'm like, "If you see something and it pops up, that's okay." Yeah, I mean, then maybe it's not called snooping, but I like the the pills in the bathroom. You know, so you don't open cabinets to look. I've sometimes inside. opened a cabinet. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. I think everyone. Yeah, I think the people do that. But I definitely am like, you know, if I'm like sitting on the toilet and then I, I'm, I'm looking around. I'm not physically opening things, but I maybe it's just also being like super curious. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm the kind of person like if I go to someone's home, I'm immediately like, can I give myself a tour? And I'm not going through their things, but I'm like looking at all their photos on the wall, like, reading the awards and, like, kind of trying to piece together clues about them in a way. Like, I just – I love knowing about people's lives. So maybe it's not snooping as much as it's – I don't know. You want to understand people. Yeah, because it it helps me understand my own brain better. And it's, like, it feels connected. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. (laughs) Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me. So my name is Julia Razi, but it's with the G. And I'm on Instagram as Julia Razi. And then – I'm sorry. No, Instagram is Ms. Julia Razi, M-S. And then Twitter is just Julia Razi. And, and you have a great podcast. Yes. Hopefully we don't break up um, with Will Miles. You can find that on iTunes. And, yeah. Cool. Thanks for coming on the show. Um, you can me. follow this podcast at Tell Me Anything Pod on Instagram. And you can uh, email us, tellmeanythingpod at gmail.com. Email me your confessions. If they're shorter, I'll read the whole thing. If they're super long like that one, I'll probably paraphrase. Thanks so much. Goodbye.